0: My mom was disappointing me. I was disappointing you? Why? Because you, you, I forgot, but you <laughs> disappointed me. What did I do? You made me sad. How? I forgot, but you made me sad. I'm sorry. Okay, I made you sad. I'm sorry. Can okay, you here with mommy to help mommy read this? No, I'm just going to sit here. You're just going to sit here. Okay. Well, say hi to everybody. Hello, this is Tanam. Tanam is 8 years old. Yes, Mm -hmm. taking a break from online schooling. So today, I will be sharing my Bible study notes on Joshua chapter 3 and chapter 4 about how the Israelites had to do not just a hard thing, but they had to do an impossible thing, and God helped them do that right Mm -hmm. so the impossible thing was crossing the jordan river during harvest season and what that means is that during harvest season the jordan river is flooded all the way to its banks so there's a lot of water in the season so Israelites had to actually cross this river okay so let's read together Joshua 3 and 4. Okay, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. So before we want to anticipate God doing amazing things before us, right? Mm -hmm. For us and through us. So we have to do our role of consecrating ourselves and being ready for him. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. So we have another guest today.
1: <laughs> Hello. <laughs>
0: this is saying. You want to keep reading saying? Verse 9.
1: Verse 9. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you. And that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priest who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at the flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Sarathen, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabath, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground.
0: Thank you. Joshua Ford, and now would you like to read?
1: Uh, no, thank you.
0: Okay, go ahead, Daddy.
1: When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve <laughs> men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down to the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord, your God, into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests, who carried the Ark of the Covenant, had stood and they are there to this day. Now the priests who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people, just as Moses had directed Joshua. The people hurried over, and as soon as all of them had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priests came to the other side while the people watched. The men of Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh crossed over, ready for battle in front of the Israelites, as Moses had directed them. About 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. That day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him all the days of his life, just as they stood in awe of Moses. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant law to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the, the priests, Come up out of the Jordan. And the priests came up out of the river carrying the ark of the covenant of the lord no sooner had they set their feet on dry ground than the waters of the jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before on the tenth day of the first month of the, the people went up from the jordan and camped at gilgal on the eastern border of jericho and joshua set up at gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of jordan they said to the israelites in the future when your descendants ask their parents What do these stones mean tell them israel crossed the jordan on dry ground for the lord your god dried up the jordan before you until you had crossed over the lord your god did uh, to the jordan what he had done to the red sea when he dried up before us until we had crossed over he did this so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the lord your god
0: Amen, thank you. You're welcome. Hi everyone, so welcome back to my channel. Today has been a very hectic day, to be honest. Um, It is in the late afternoon and I wanted to do this way in the morning, but there's just been many things happening. Um, As you know, around the world people have had to really change their usual routines And in Thailand, we now have a third wave of COVID cases, so the kids have been home, and it's expected that they won't even get to go back to school to finish off the semester, which ends in early June. But it is what it is, and I've been really reflecting on how, as a mom, you know, it's hard to juggle work, and the kids at home all the time as well. We live in a condo where we're sharing the bandwidth we're sharing the resources we're sharing you know our spaces so it's really hard to get a really long extent of time a long stretch of time for me to do my work and do videos like this Um, but I'm grateful for the time that we have with them while they're so at home I know that people say that the days are long but the years are short and I know that's very true and I want to make the most out of every day and today really tested that for me because um, we're Thai, so my kids, they go to an international school, but they still have to do Thai class, and it's Thai for Thais, which is equivalent to what they would be doing in Thai school for the specific Thai language class. So it's very difficult. I didn't go to, in, I wasn't in Thai school all the way through, only up till second grade, so Thai is actually a challenge for me as well and uh, i see that in my eight-year-old so it's always a struggle it would be much easier if i just gave him the answers and we'd be done really quickly but that wouldn't really help him in the long run so we do the difficult things so that he would grow and his Thai skills would improve but having said that it's been a long day and i'm really glad to actually just sit down right now to share my bible study notes with you on joshua 3 and joshua 4 which is not just about doing hard things, which we've had to do, but actually doing something that was really impossible. And I think that really speaks to me, and I'm grateful that God is using these verses to speak to me today, actually, about trusting him to do the impossible things in life. So having said all that, I just want to apologize if this video may seem a little choppy here and there, because sometimes I have to stop recording and then restart recording. So, uh, I pray that God will help me still make this clear to you because I do want to really share what I've learned through Joshua 3 and 4. Just so as we see, as I was reading these chapters, these two chapters, um, I've read the story before, I've heard the story before, but I, I think I missed the part before where they were told by God to collect 12 stones from the bottom of the Jordan, right? And this means that they had to go collect these big stones. They're not just small stones where you put it in your hand, but they had to put it on their shoulders. So let's go look at that verse again. So here we see in verse five that each of the men is to take up a stone on his shoulder. So this is a big stone that's heavy on their shoulder, and this is in the depths of the Jordan River, on the bottom of the Jordan River. So that made me wonder, how deep is the Jordan River? so then i googled about the jordan river and we have to remember that this time this point in time where they were crossing the river was actually during the harvest season and at that time the jordan would have been flooding its banks the water would have overflowed its banks so this is a photo of about around 1920 so you see that there is quite a bit of flooding around this and not only that, the water rushing into the Dead Sea would have been very, very fast. It wouldn't have been a slow trickle or a stream that could have, a person could have easily crossed. It was a rushing amount of water rushing down to the Dead Sea during harvest season. There was a lot of water. So let's look at how wide and deep was the Jordan River. The Jordan River flows about 60 miles between the Sea of Galilee to the Dead Sea. The river dropped 610 feet down to nearly 1300 feet. Since Joshua 3 verse 15 indicates that the Jordan River was overflowing its banks due to the harvest season, this means the floodwaters could have greatly complicated Israel's crossing as explained by Richard S. Hess and Todd Ballin. Richard S. Hess states that the Jordan River was wider than normal 90 to 100 feet at the place Israel crossed the Jordan River. So this was at the time of spring when the river was extra deep and also extra wide. This was interesting too. In 1854, an expert swimmer was unable to make it across the river near Jericho because the river was too wide and the current was too strong. So despite it being a river and not a sea and ocean, there was a lot of water and very hard to cross. So we know that this was a really, not just a hard task, but an impossible task for this tribe of Israelites to cross the Jordan River. So why does God make us do these hard and impossible things? As I was praying and reading, you know, it's not just God asks us to do hard things, he asks us to do impossible things so that we would depend on him, we would need him, knowing that it can only be God. Throughout the Bible, we see that theme, that. God asked us to take a step of faith, something impossible, so that God would know that it was God, His power and His might that accomplished that amazing impossible feat. Not by our own might, not by our own strength, not by our own wisdom, but it was all God. And God wants to show that to us so we would revere Him, we would worship Him, we would be in awe of Him and really get a better understanding of His character. And We want to see His hand at work as we experience this awesomeness, as we experience this character, we also experience this love and we need to be able to share that with other people, right? These experiences aren't just for us to treasure up in our hearts and just keep and not tell anybody, keep it guarded in your journal and keep it locked away. Never sharing with anybody. Our goal is to actually share these amazing works by God to other people so they would know. So, what are some seemingly impossible circumstances that God has led you through? Have you jotted that down? The story in Joshua 3 is already amazing, but I think we also need to read Joshua 4 and see how that speaks to us as well. What does God want what does God want to tell us with Joshua 4 in when he tells us that the representatives of each tribe had to take a rock on their shoulders bring it out and then create an altar for him you know some of these seemingly impossible circumstances like crossing this flooded and turbulent jordan you know we need more trust in god so when we go through these figurative turbulent and flooded waters it's our opportunity to collect our own stones from the midst of that experience right to record and to share with the world. What circumstance in your life that seemed impossible and God saw you through? What did you do? Did you record it? Did you share with other people? Did you share your testimony with other people so they can also hear how amazing and how mighty our God is? So what did I learn from this story? Number one, be in a habit of collecting our 12 stones and build an altar recording how God did the impossible in your life and share it with other people, including our children. Actually, especially our children. We need to share with our children what we've gone through, the struggles. It's not just this one-sided problem we share with our children or with others, but we also share how God came and met us there and delivered us. So that's really important as well. So that's number one. Be in a habit of collecting your 12 stones and making an altar to god and that brings us to number two the altar and that praise and worship giving up a sacrifice of praise to god as he had brought you through that situation that seemingly impossible situation we're very good at praying when we see the problem we're very good at going to god and asking god for help when we see a problem that we cannot solve but then after God delivers us, are we in a habit of going back and praising Him for it? Or are we just like, yes, um, it's done. I'm feeling good. I can move on with my life. Do we stop and actually acknowledge, yes, that was You, Lord. You brought me through that. That was all You. Do we make a habit of giving up our praise and worship to Him when He has delivered us from our problems? So make sure that you give God a thanks offering as a form of worship to him all the time. You know, God doesn't actually need anything from us but our love and our adoration and our hearts as sacrifices of praise, our sacrifice of thanks offering to God. So let us recognize how amazing God is and offer up our sacrifices of praise and worship to Him because He is worthy. Let's read Psalm 50 together. The Mighty One, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes, He does not keep silence. Before Him is a devouring fire. Around Him is a mighty tempest he calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people gather to me my faithful ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice the heavens declare his righteousness for god himself is judge Selah. hear O my people and i will speak O israel i will testify against you i am god your god not for your sacrifices do i rebuke you your burnt offerings are continually before me I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills and all the moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High and call upon me on the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. But to the wicked God says, what right have you to recite my statutes or take my covenant on your lips? For you hate discipline, and you cast my words behind you. If you see a thief, you are pleased with him, and you keep company with adulterers. You give your mouth free reign for evil, and your tongue frames deceit you sit and speak against your brother you slander your own mother's son these things you have done and i have been silent you thought that i was like yourself you thought that i was one like yourself but now i rebuke you and lay the charge before you mark this then you who forget god lest i tear you apart and there be none to deliver the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me, the one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. So God offers his salvation, God offers the deliverance to those who trust him, those who go to him knowing that they can't do anything by themselves, and those who long to glorify God, he will show himself mighty, he will show himself powerful and able to save us out of our impossible situations. And we have the privilege because we are in Christ Jesus. We don't deserve His mercy. We are wicked without God. We are wicked without the blood of Jesus Christ covering us. When God sees us, He sees us as His child because we have been adopted into His family so he sees us as his child and he is willing to deliver us when we go to him when we humble ourselves and go to him for help and crying out for his help with sincere and humble hearts now if you don't have jesus you can't ask for this god is not willing to deliver you because you have not come to him in humility it's really that heart of that relationship wanting to come to god in humility bowing before him knowing that You can't do this by yourself. And the biggest thing that will hinder you from coming to God in humility is pride, thinking that you can fix this on your own, thinking that you have everything, you're equipped with all the things you need to solve this problem. Sometimes it takes us confronted with an impossible situation for us to come to God in humility and break down our own pride, knowing that there's nothing we can humanly do that's possible for us to solve this problem, and only God. And even if you don't believe in Jesus right now, when you come to Him asking for help, He will hear you. He longs to deliver you. He longs to see that humble and sincere heart, a heart that's broken, a heart that knows that there's no other way you can solve your problem. God wants you to come to Him even though right now you don't really know if this is true, you don't really believe in God, you don't really believe in the Bible. God asks you to come with a sincere ask, asking Him if He's true, asking Him if He's real, asking Him if He is faithful. And if you ask that with a sincere heart, He will answer you. And I was there before asking God with a sincere heart, is this true? Are you really real? I got to the end of myself and I asked God, are you at the end of yourself today? Ask God for help and he will deliver you out of that treacherous flood, that water that is in front of you that you need to cross to get to the other side, to recover, to be healed, to get through a problem that you've been trying to solve on your own for so long. And for us who already know God, for us who have received this wonderful gift of salvation, always offer up your heart of worship to the God, to the one who is worthy of it all. I hope this blessed you and I hope this encouraged you. Share with me in the comments and please subscribe. I appreciate your support and subscribing and clicking like uh, to this video and sharing this video to anybody who you think would help, this message would help so i hope to see you in the next time again uh, today was a little crazy a little hectic i hope it wasn't too choppy i wanted to share my bible study notes with you on a regular basis so that's one of my discipline and also i am very blessed to share from the blessing i have received from reading god's word and studying it and uh, trying to understand what god wants to teach me through his word so i can walk closer with him and be obedient and knowing that I can't do any of this without him. So I'm praising God and I thank you, Jesus, for helping me do this on a regular basis. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. Bye.